Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Gonna look at a doozy today, Ed. Before we do, I want to remind everybody at home that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon now. There are three different levels. You can get access to our videos early. You can get access to our recording sessions where we often talk to the King Kayfabers about the recordings that are coming up, the guests that are coming up, get some feedback. And uh, if you want to be close to Cartoonist Kayfabe, that's probably the best level for you. The other way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our books. Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, and The Plain Janes are my latest books. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming out this spring from Image Comics, so add that to your pull list. Pre-order that one now. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and Antisocial Network, available everywhere books are sold. With Crypto Killers, the third season of Red Room starting up in the near future, you can pre-order the first two issues of that book, including my alternative covers which i'm very excited to get out there into the world x-men grand design hip-hop family tree WYSIWYG, also all available and coming very soon a special announcement on ed's next project so stay tuned for that or start digging around the internet if you want to get a head start on that one hit the link tree it's it's there there you go so today we are going to look at spies vixens and masters of kung fu the art of paul galacy I am a Paul Galacy fan. No, no, no. We are Paul Galacy fans. (laughs) There you go. Everybody's a Paul Galacy fan, right? People with taste. But I picked this book up recently. It's kind of a busted up copy, which doesn't matter for me. And it's it's kind of perfect because we're going to be opening this thing up so everybody can see it very clearly. It's a J.D. Spurlock special, huh? But I got a... uh, Yeah, you can see this is the busted up part. And whenever I was looking at this online, I saw a few people complaining about the binding. That said, the, the signatures are actually stitch bound so the book itself is fine it's the glue and the spine that i guess is a weak link of this book JD, but it doesn't matter go find a copy of this wherever you can because it is spectacular and uh we'll go through page by page it's just an overview for today's episode but ed if you see stuff we can stop or dive in deeper um first thing you got to note quentin tarantino giving a quote on uh, how master of kung fu in the 70s was the kung fu comic book and uh, if you get quentin tarantino as a fan you're going to put that uh, probably on the cover, on the intro, wherever you can. You know what? Like Tarantino, like he, he talks about Tomb of Dracula too. And other people outside of the culture, movie directors, maybe it was Robert Rodriguez. Like the 70s Marvel stuff that was adjacent to superheroes, but not really part of it. That's where the magic was in yes. those moments, man. Tomb of Dracula, Masters of Kung Fu, uh, Frankenstein, and those kind of comics. Like that's where dudes were really, really shining. And you get the sense that the editors were much more worried about Hulk and Spider-Man and all that stuff, but there were these maniacs doing just the most badass. Yeah, look at this stuff. This is from the actual comic book. It's not a it's not a cover, it's not a standalone illustration. And I mean the level of detail of like veins on muscles and striking sweat coming off of him, motion everywhere. You can see how this stuff would quickly get a uh, a devout following. He would do these splash pages that they look like movie posters. Absolutely, the total composition, and and you know that's where the the cover design and stuff kind of comes from. But uh, these dudes, in the same way as uh, Bill, uh, Barry Smith on Conan, to be honest, Paul Galacy like set set a high high bar for people to live up to. And then when like a Mike Zack and Gene Day and and uh, and these kind of dudes come into the game and jump onto the title, who if you have any personal pride. 
what would you want to be under that under that shit? So like you have to do your best work. Absolutely. This feels like uh, almost sports. Like when somebody shows up at this level and now you're gonna follow everybody's. Them, you yeah. got it. You got to bring your A game and uh, and hope you've got a couple of tricks that maybe Paul Glacey didn't have or didn't show. Just expand upon his energies. Went to the um, the Pittsburgh Art Institute and yeah. they mentioned that early on and he said that his I think it was either a submission for to get into the school or it was for a scholarship ballpoint pens on notebook drawings of uh, a comic that he did is so, what he so, submitted so fascinating I, I need to see that desperately everybody watching this if you if that's something that's out there share a link he's around like i mean like, right he's not he hasn't gone like but he's not on social media but i would love to interview him yeah it'd be fun to talk to him one of the artists that he's often associated with is jim steranko who does the yeah. afterwards in here and you can see like a lot of steranko i think in his work glacy does some of his own stuff on top of it but you know that's one of those uh, other artists that you would trace a certain lineage from Paul Galassi to a, a Stranko. This was always a page I loved of yeah. like the sticks going back and forth. Such a good way to show motion if you're going to be hitting people. Absolutely. And then the aftermath, you see the four bodies that he lays out in the first two panels surrounding him. Totally. That's good storytelling. Uh, I, I do think that he is a, a master of the artograph projector. So if you're going to be doing a comic called Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, you probably should Go to the flea market and grab as many black belt magazines yes. as you can find and stuff. You light box a general pose and then you add your own shit to it. Yeah, and he makes no bones about it. Like his comics are full of photo reference. You know, he cast actors in yeah. a lot of his roles. And he says they didn't have videotape back in the day, but he was a huge Bruce Lee fan. So he and a friend rented Enter the Dragon and took photos of it frame by frame, ended up with over 400 pictures. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing. And here he is at Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee's grave paying you know paying uh paying his respect you can't make this kind of comic if you don't have real reverence oh yeah you know sure. you cannot because this is not a job this he may have been getting paid but these are not jobber comics these are very uh, long hours at the drawing table um this is grackle this is 1997 if you remember acclaim valiant was sold to acclaim and they did a, a little bit of kind of weird comics there at the very end they did a black and white comic with him and that's we're going to see a few more examples of it, but it's on duo shade. But I just love this as a cover. You know, and, art. Yeah, you think of like uh, film posters and things having an impact. And he's doing all these kind of like shapes and directions and making it his own. But I just I love that piece. And there'll be there'll be several of those throughout here. Yeah, I mean, you do that stuff like uh, you can't help but think of Serenko, to be honest. For sure. Um, Saber, we have a video on Saber, the first direct market graphic novel, I believe published by Eclipse, and so you get to see... Uh, I've seen that somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, 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 casting uh, Clint Eastwood in the role of Saber there. But uh, pretty noteworthy and very successful. It certainly helped Eclipse establish a foothold in that early direct market. Look at this for, again, panel composition, the giant eyeball. I did, A panel like this just lets you know that it's all on the table. You know? Right. Go ham. Go do some crazy shit. Yeah, and then he can do a page like this where Saber is sneaking in behind guards with no words, you know, like like employing whatever technique he can think of to make the best comics that he can. He is from an era, man. It's got Billy Jack elements, got the Bruce Lee elements. It's like totally this like 70s fucking machismo. So he does a couple of, a, a little stint there in Erie. In, uh, yes, he Warren, does. And paints with something called black lamp wash. This mm. is something I'm completely unfamiliar with. It says it comes from like his advertising work. Yeah. So... Again, people watching the video, if you know something about black lamp washes, um, share it. Because I don't know what that even means. We need to do... Uh, I would like to look at these stories, by the way, because 
look at the intricacy. This has to be photo ref, probably. Yeah, of course. That's part of the skill set. Find these photos. Take pictures of these cool buildings that and, you encounter. And turn it to a Paul Galassi piece. Yeah. Because, like, you could, you at home could take this exact photo. That You at home who is talking shit right now, <laughs> you could take this exact photo and your stuff will not look like this. Uh, there is a two, and I believe this, this is, uh, well... No, because this is text. Or, no, this is from a comic. This yeah, this is this is also from the Warren stuff. Yes. Maybe eerie. Or... So there is a two-issue limited series called something like Nightmare Tales. Yeah. Uh, uh, chat room, help me out uh, if with, with the with the title. But there's two uh, issues of Glacy Warren horror comics. The one with the pumpkin head guy. You remember, like, with the axe? Yeah, I do. Um, um who pr- uh, Warren didn't. There was a compilation of that that like Eclipse or somebody put out, right? Isn't that two issues? Yeah, yeah Eclipse, but it's from the Warren days. I just I, it makes me want to track down all these Warren magazines because I think he only did like this is from uh, Erie one hundred nine to one eleven. I think the previous one was was multi parter. So. Yeah, it's just called Nightmares. Thanks to Nathan Rogers in the because look at how crazy this is for like a satanic cult. This I is, mean this is the kind of piece wild shit right there. This is the kind of piece that you kind of got to do. And then you gotta like bury it in your yard, and then like <laughs> like put some tea on it and put it in your oven, and then slip that into a fucking antique shop or something. Yes, you know what I mean. And just like let somebody like happen upon that shit. Uh, it's 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 amazing. Like it, it makes me want to see it so bad. These these pulled out pages. Yeah, like I said, I mean they they're in some of those are in that those that nightmares two issue joint. Yeah, and it says that it led to him doing like the bizarre adventures. And I have this issue where he's doing some Black Widow stuff. He was also doing like portfolios of this stuff. He did advertising work as well. So like, you know, professional illustration as an aside. And I think that you see like where that's coming from, you know, like bringing those kinds of elements into his comics work, then bringing that stuff back in. And it's, I mean, the name of the game, especially when there were house styles was how do you make you be the the thing that people want to buy? Yeah. And I think Glacy's one of those early dudes that was pretty good at. Nobody else is doing Glacy in uh, the late seventies. I loved There's his duo Grackle cover. Yeah, I loved his duo tonal works. Man, I knew it from Terminator comics. Yeah, there's quite a bit of that, and and they highlight a few of those pieces. But it's uh, it's really cool to see him doing pencils, inks, and all of the craft tint board. Oh, you I'm the the person who does the inks has to do the craft tint board because you're the one thinking of the lighting, so you can't have somebody else fuck that up. Look at how cool this is of like the eyeball continuing through the pages where it's just like just the eyeball as the camera pulls back. Yeah, Very cinematic throughout here. Some of the Batman stuff is another character that he worked on. And I was looking at this page in particular, totally verticals and horizontals for your setting but completely dynamic because Batman's at a 45 degree angle there. Yeah, sure. This is one of those things, man, where, where like there are periods of Glacy for me, man. And, and, and the Batman period, like, like that's, that's lost on me a touch. Uh, but I look at it and I wonder if it's a paycheck because the energy he's putting into the earlier stuff uh, is so strong. And I'm sure you're getting really well paid. So you can't, if, if you're offered Batman, you got to do it. He did two issues here. I plan to track these down because I'm curious about I that. Be, I bet I have them. This like, one looks really good. It's 394 and I think 393. So it's mid eighties Batman. Yeah. And I think it's just those two issues that, that intrigue me because this to me looks like his a game. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, does the rest of the book, is he, is he putting, uh, masters of Kung Fu energy into it? This is from legends of the dark Knight. And the story Prey, yeah. which is pretty early. I think it's issues 11 to 15, somewhere in there. The, the so noteworthy is, part. This is the man? That is him. Yeah, i never seen what he looks like, man. Super cool. The uh, noteworthy part about Prey, because I have these and I've not read them, 
is it's a direct sequel to Batman Year One, and you can see like they're even <laughs> copying some of the visual motifs. So it does make me curious about it. Um, the indictment might be there was it didn't continue in that direction. Yeah. So maybe it didn't work well. I mean, because it, was... it seems like the way Marvel and DC are now, that would have just been an ongoing series. You know, the Batman <laughs> Year One forever. Look at that for just a standalone image. Hugo Strange. I was always. I would get any Batman issues I could find in flea markets and stuff. Fucking Hugo Strange is in so many of them. Yeah, they, they really talk up Hugo Strange. This is a great page also from Prey because as he's running, it's actually the gutters are a maze. And you can see the characters kind of the payoff down here. I Very love whenever people try that stuff. Very thoughtful. And there's your craft tent for a uh, stormy sky. The other thing that a book like this can do is you pull out the really cool panels. Yeah. I mean, look at, again, as a single image, that is absolutely striking with the shadow behind Batman. He's just sweating there and, and helpless. Did the sequel to Batman Predator. And uh, Predator character, in his opinion, one of those strictly designed for film, he was murder to draw. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. I used to actually draw Predator a lot when I was a little kid, man. Uh, there were... There were toys, and the Predator comics were really—they um, were expensive. And I uh, got a hand, my hand on a bunch of those things, man, real pretty cheap. And just because they were expensive, I assumed that it meant they were good and important and all that kind of thing. Drew a lot of Predators, man, and it was always very, very tough because it's—it's it's pencil mileage. It's like you got to do a lot of lines yes. to draw a Predator. So, that's true. So now that's cutting into your work day. Yeah, I'd like to see like uh, Seth or. Batman Year One era Mazzucchelli break down Predator into like a couple of brush strokes. Right. It'd be a challenge. This is a private commission of a painting that kind of covers all of his yep. masters of Kung Fu run. How did Marvel not go, here's the the, the, the money truck. We're going to back up to your house, take out as much as you want, and we're going to print this. Right. Because love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. His return to masters of Kung Fu. I have this series. And when we, when I complain about color, Here's your reason that I complain about color. Look how they soften like the black edges. And what happens when those black edges aren't softened? To me, this is a thousand times stronger than this. And I don't know that it's all the colorer, colorist, but I don't like some of the stuff that the colorist is doing there on the left. Yeah, I wouldn't respect you touching my line art. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's probably it. This I just picked up. This is James Bond, Serpent's Tooth. It was three issues, and he considers it like his masterpiece. It is wild stuff with great color throughout and kind of strange characters. Again, like a David Icke lizard man as a villain. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's Ben Mara comic. <laughs> it really, it, this is on what? Dude, there's so much Ben Mara on here. Like there are pages that I look at where it's like, it almost looks like I see the Ben Mara first and the Paul Galassi <laughs> second. Uh, but hey, Ben's right. You know, I, I, I come away from this very inspired by Paul Galassi and wanting to look at more of his stuff. It's, it's it's neat though whenever to me when he's doing like straight color that's what's interesting too half of this book is black and white because he's so good in black and white and then you get to six from Sirius um, one of the early epic series and he's painting it and he's doing this stuff with like watercolor markers and pencils before anybody was really doing this kind of full color art and it looks good you know like he wasn't just doing it but he was doing it in a way that was very effective and probably opened some doors for future full color art he, he you're saying he paid attention uh, to other classes at the art institute of pittsburgh other than just uh drawing and illustration courses that's right he did a run on catwoman that makes me very curious because i don't have any of those issues but it's later after darwin cook so it's that leather cat suit kind of catwoman but like in the issues like maybe in the 40s late 30s something like that 
So those are on my list now for uh, tracking some of those down. Great painting of this. Said that he actually uh, held onto the gun for the painting throughout sure. this for his reference. Yeah. Boy, that leather might be as good of a leather glove as I've ever seen. And for everybody else, that that thing in the back's a phone, telephone. <laughs> <laughs> for our young, our young audience. This is a pretty fun series of comics from Dark Horse, the Terminator Secondary Objectives. This was a trade cover that I'm, I don't, I've never seen this image before, but the comics are full of the craft tint, the duo shade, and they're really awesome looking. My question for everybody, this is cell vinyl, mm. and a lot of his color work is on cell vinyl. What the heck are you doing on, like, how does that work? Does that mean airbrush? Like, what does that mean? Why are you painting on cell vinyl, and like, how are you able to blend that together? Yeah. So very curious about that because a lot of these pieces are cell vinyl. Of course, I turned the page and neither of these are cell vinyl. I yeah, I think the vibrancy of the of the cell vinyl. Uh, I wonder if the, he uses it in an animation way, like if if he paints onto a transparency. Yeah, I really don't have an answer for that. This is cell vinyl, though. To give you know a little bit, another one of these examples. I don't know how he's doing it. If he's painting like from foreground back, you know, because you would paint like whatever's in front if you were painting on the back of the cell vinyl. And then you paint what's behind it and what's behind that. Like, I, I really don't know. It's, like, uh, like, like I said, I'm curious about it. I don't even know what materials you would use for anything that's not just a flat color. Right. And a lot of this one is, so it's not the best advantage. Uh, look at this for, like, texture that he's putting in there. Yeah. It's, it's berserk. Wild stuff. Here you get some sketches for a cover piece. So you get to see, like, his development. How tight are those sketches? Yeah, for sure. Like he's shown his Starenko when he does little circle gimmicks like that, though. And, it, and, it, and it didn't end up in the final piece. That's what I was going to say. Like, it's amazing to see, like, the amount of detail that he puts in these. And we don't see them then. They yeah. don't, you know, they don't evolve. Maybe somebody commissions one that's or two of them. That's his choice, too. Because, like, you know, the editors, they just need to see a bare bones thing. But that's just his process. There's a good example of him using the duo shade and... Spent a lot of time with it. Probably more than most artists that we see dabble with it. He's done uh, a couple of complete series with it. There's your guy. Yeah, how about that? And even in that James Bond, you see him adding some of the craft tint here and there. That octopus. Hell Hydra. Pretty wow. wild stuff. Great page layout here where our boat's going over the cliff. And we're going to repeat that size of boat as it's like bouncing around until it hits the rocks but the negative space there of like yeah this is there's a bad no, fall there's no mistake in uh -uh. you're you're high up this is kind of a strange piece this feels like you're drawing it very quickly because there's a lot of stuff that's not accurate there and, and because of so much of his work is super accurate whenever you get somebody with a big head or limbs are short or whatever he'll he'll do weird stuff like like he'll put energies in and stuff but like shang chi would often have a big giant head and like that strong skinny body and you know that's just uh i take take that for what it is this almost reminds me of like 8-bit stuff i don't know why that is but a lot of the duo shade that i see in black and white sometimes will have that quality where maybe you're scratching the edges off a little bit or something but it almost feels like that old bitmap yeah pixel art yeah Is another that, like, another shot of uh, him with Mark Hamill in this case, but there's another photo of. Uh, is that is that not Aeon Flux? Uh, something called Prowlers. He did some Aeon Flux work though, and we're gonna get to that here shortly. Did some storyboards for it, and there you go. 
had no idea that he had done anything. Yeah. But apparently, he and Peter uh, Chung had some kind of, you know, they were they were knew each other and liked each other, and so did a little bit of Aeon Flux stuff, some storyboards. This is Cold Blood. This was not this particular page, but Cold Blood's like an eight-part story in Marvel Comics Presents. Part one was in the very first comic book I bought. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we'll have to dig that one out because it's definitely the uh, the good piece out of it. Showing a little bit of process, too, of him like building the photo references. I don't know if it makes much difference, but I do admire like shoot shoot your own, build your own photo references whenever yeah. possible. It's the best way to get end up with your own uh, compositions and things like that. How about this? Another one of those examples of like super tight composition sketches. And now here's like your finished piece. I can't remember. I think this may not, maybe it was this one was unpublished, an unpublished Catwoman piece, but I'm shocked by how tight his uh, sketches are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, you know, certainly projecting it or, or lightboxing it big and stuff. So, you know, you do a lot of work at that stage, you blow it up and then it becomes an ink job. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of some of um, Dave Gibbons layouts where yeah. he's like, you know, if you get in a deadline, pinch you can really turn those tight thumbnails into the finished half art pretty, hour pretty quickly if, if need be so kind of a nice book i got a good deal on it but if you're a galacy fan it's great to just see his art and see little notes a lot of commentary from him on the on the pieces throughout the book that always makes it nice to actually have the artist weighing in on what we're looking at great survey great survey of uh, paul galacy man and i i believe that uh this will probably be kayfabe affected. How many of you guys out there in the chat room right now are uh, buying this thing? Uh, but, Jim, we should get out of here. Uh, kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. And if you want to mitigate that kayfabe effect and see the books that we talk about before uh, anybody else does, got to join the Patreon and got to become a King Kayfaber because they're sitting there watching us record this video in a live stream at this very moment. And they get all the videos before anybody else. So they get the uh, first dibs on the cheapest copies on the aftermarkets. Uh, but the, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And right now I have Red Room Crypto Killers 1 and 2 being solicited and offered to your comic shops. There are two trade paperbacks of that out there right now. I'm serializing the new Red Room stuff on my Patreon at this very moment. Uh, hit up my link tree. And at the very tippity top, you're going to see a uh, new project that I'm going to be uh, making a bigger announcement about very, very soon. It is the 10th anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. There are four volumes of that out there, three volumes of X-Men Grand Design, and you will find WYSIWYG. Jimmy, what are your books? Hulk, Grand Design, Street Angel, Deadly Girl Alive, and The Plain Janes are all in print and available now. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is my next Street Angel book. It'll be out later this spring. You can pre-order that one now, and you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see lots more of my comics and art, download out-of-print zines and mini-comics, and see what I am working on next. But that's not all. There are other ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, lay those out to the people. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All good ways to support the channel. Given those merchandise orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.